0: i uh-huh. uh-huh.
1: Welcome back to The Doctor's Companion Presents Doctor Who, The Long Way Round, the weekly podcast where we review and discuss every episode of Doctor Who, one doctor at a time. I'm Cass Fredrickson.
2: I'm Nick Menes, And I'm Scott Corelli.
1: And today on the show, we'll be discussing The Abominable Snowmen, the second Doctor's ninth story.
3: Yes. Um, not a lot mm-hmm. of uh, background on this one, other than to say that the writers... Uh, Mervyn Hasman and Henry Lincoln. They were failed actors <laughs> who would go to parties. Oh. Yeah. Who would go to parties a lot um, to like try and get roles and things like that. But they had started writing because somebody had told them like, hey, you know, if you write stuff, like maybe they'll cast you in your own script. And they're like, oh, OK. <laughs> so they started writing together. They go to this party and Patrick Trouton happens to be a guest. And they get, they're like talking with Patrick Trouton. Patrick Trouton's like, yeah, I'm the doctor, you know, like, well, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's fun. But like, I will say that I'm jealous of William Hartnell because he used to do all of those earthbound stories. And I really miss being on earth because I just feel like I'm constantly on alien planets and dealing with all these things. And so they're like, oh, okay, he wants like an Earthbound story. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then they like <laughs> leave that party, and they are like, let's write a pitch, a proposal for a Doctor Who story set on Earth, and we could be like, yeah, we know Patrick Trout, and we met him at a party. He told us to write this. So they come up. They were like, let's use like um, let's use like a like a legendary like creature. Of some sort, and so at first they were thinking Loch Ness monster, but then ultimately they went with. They were like, "That's going to be expensive, and we'll probably get turned down because there's water involved. So let's do, um, let's do a Yeti because dry as hell, yeah, dry as hell,
4: um, absolutely."
3: <laughs> so, so uh, they're like, "Okay, so we they pitch this story to the BBC, starring the Yeti. They call it the Abominable Snowman." And they uh, get the green light to write it. So they go and they write this story and um, they make it at the time. This being shot on location in the mountains of Wales uh, was the longest location shoot in Doctor Who history at six days. Um, and so they shot in these, uh, in, in, in Wales, um, all of the like exterior scenes, which, uh, you know, originally when they wrote it, they thought that they would be doing it like on a soundstage. And then when they found out that it was going to be a location, they were like, wow, like this is where we've, we've made it. High five. Um, and so, <laughs> and, and so, um, they, uh, they make this story, um, the, uh, the guy, the um, what is his name? The uh, the explorer guy, Travers. Uh, yeah, Travers. Um, he ends up, uh, Victoria is basically like, Hey, you know, my dad is an actor, we should get my dad in here. And so they actually cast her dad as Travers. So, um, that is uh, that is uh, Deborah Whaling's um, father uh playing travers in this that's, so, fun. So that's victoria's real life dad um and then they uh they made this and b uh, b c and and Doctor Who producers were like really psyched on it, and they were like, Okay, this is great. we needed a new recurring creature because not gonna lie we're really sick of the cyberman and the and the The Daleks were not allowed to use anymore because of uh, Terry Nation, like, trying to, like, make Dalek movies and Dalek uh, TV series and all of these things. He's trying to spin the Daleks off on their own thing. So we need a new creature that can recur. So we like this story so much. We're actually going to have you guys uh, write a sequel to this. Before the end of the season. So as soon as this one was done, they started work on the on the sequel, which we will see like two episodes from now, Um, two stories from now.
2: And then we would never see The Great Intelligence until like 2012. um, Well, he's in the next one. Yeah. But after that, it's like, oh, oh, yes. But after that. Yes. Yeah.
3: This really does. (laughs) That was the thing. If I had had more time, I would have rewatched The Snowmen also Mm -hmm. um, just because like. Mm. There's obviously has a lot in common with that story, Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's interesting ish. Um, I, I, I will say I think it's funny that they were like the writers like talk about how they went out of their way to do all this research about Tibet. And Tibet the Tibetan culture, and and Tibetan names, and trying to get all these things accurately, but they still cast a bunch of white dudes in yellow face.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so,
3: all of that was kind of for naught, um, unfortunately.
2: But you know, one of the unexpected benefits of watching this largely in reconstruction is kind of easy to, easy to forget that. At least for me, is like it, I was true. kind of like with my eyes. Cl- and then you know, episode two, it was like, oh, oh, wait, oh, wow, okay. Because, like, two is the only one that... (laughs) Right, 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 right. Wouldn't it be great if the animated
3: one, if they um, don't use all of the original audio and actually, like, cast, like, some Asian actors in these roles
2: to, like, voice the animated ones? That would be so cool (laughs) that would be really nice in in theater it's not uncommon to do like you know remountings of old scripts that's an interesting proposal the idea of doing like readings of old doctor who stories with like modern actors yeah i i've i i don't know
3: i feel like it wouldn't be i you know i mean people it would make people grumpy but um Uh,
2: you know i'm kind of thinking more of like just like in someone's attic you know as oh oh
3: i see i see yeah sure sure um, I think that's only in any event. Uh, that's hmm. that's it. I mean, it's not not a lot of drama here. Um, just uh, <laughs> that's good, par for the course
2: on this one. Uh,
3: that's the abominable
2: snowmen, the, the snowy course.
3: Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into the first episode:
2: the Abominable Snowmen, Part One, written by Merv Heisman and Henry Lincoln. Directed by Gerald Blackle Produced by Inez Lloyd Released September 30th, 1967 In 1930s Tibet, Professor Edward Travers is awoken from his sleep by the screams of his companion John. He is horrified to see a lumbering, hairy creature standing over his friend's lifeless body. It grabs Travers' gun and twists it into scrap metal as the terrified man scampers into the night. Meanwhile, back on the TARDIS, the Doctor, Jamie, and Victoria arrive in the Himalayas, and the Doctor is excited at the opportunity to finally return the Holy Gantha, an ancient holy relic he accidentally stole centuries ago. Upon inspecting the Himalayan landscape outside the TARDIS, however, the Doctor happens upon gigantic footprints in the snow. The Doctor returns to the TARDIS and tells Jamie and Victoria to stay where it's safe while he travels to the monastery to return the Hologantha. Shortly after the Doctor leaves, Victoria grows impatient and goes out to explore. Jamie, fearing what the TARDIS may do to him if he's alone, follows her. When the Doctor reaches the monastery, he is quickly imprisoned by the monks and Edward Travers, who suspects the Doctor of being a newsman trying to scoop him on the existence of yetis. While exploring a cave on the beach, Jamie and Victoria are attacked by a Yeti. (laughs) Episode one opens with the aforementioned Professor Edward Travers
0: Mm
2: -hmm. uh, in the middle of a raging storm in the Himalayas calling out for his companion, John, who has been absolutely obliterated by what we suppose to be a Yeti. Yeah.
3: Do you think that he, his partner was killed by an actual yeti like the one we see at the, <laughs> the very, end see very end of the story yeah because like i they, they never say that the robots got him do they no we never we never see it
2: i don't think cast do we yeah
1: uh i don't know that that's true because the whole time they're like oh well the actual yeti are very peaceful right. and oh. like it's d- difficult to they're like yeah, at
2: some point that the, yeah, the doctor's like, well, the Yeti wouldn't do this. They're 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 really chill and kind, and they're my shy. friends. <laughs> Although I do, maybe maybe John was just being such a prick. Yeah, <laughs> I like that.
4: That the Yeti um, was yeah, like, Tra- right.
2: Travers reminded me. This whole story reminded me
3: a lot of, um, uh, but he he specifically reminded me of like Sir Lionel Frost from uh, Missing Link. But this whole thing reminded oh. me a lot of Missing Link.
2: Yeah, Cass, have you seen the Missing Link?
1: I haven't. That's the Leica one about the the yeah. yeah, I,
2: right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you and Norman would like it. It's yeah. really quaint. Yeah, it is very quaint. Uh, uh, but also extremely kind of...
3: well directed and designed.
2: Yes, for sure. I just mm-hmm. mean in terms of scope, it's just yeah. very like oh, this is nice. This is a nice. Little... It's cuddly for yeah. sure. Like like yeah. like him. Like like <laughs> indeed. Um, I oh, he reminded me a lot of Yukon Cornelius from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. He's kind of a merge of the two, honestly.
4: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's funny. Um, yeah. So this this whole story.
3: So like, (laughs) we get the bit where uh, the doctor's like looking for something because he's gonna like he's like I gotta drop something off in a monastery. So he's like,
2: (laughs) Oh, great, we're finally in Himalayas. I've been meaning to do this for like three hundred (laughs) years.
3: Yeah, let me find this thing. And so he's like digging through stuff. And I love when Jamie's just like, You didn't tell me you had bagpipes. I could fix this up. And he's just like, that's the reason I never told you.
1: (laughs) It made me laugh. It made me laugh for like five minutes. I had to pause it. I was like, I love Jamie so much. He's
2: Uh. with the reconstructions, how they're kind of animated. He, Jamie basically becomes like a Hanna-Barbera character in this. Yeah, he does. (laughs) Um, The The doctor finds that he gets a coat. He gets the coat. he, he, He finds a coat. Jamie finds a sword. Yeah. And uh, the artifact that the doctor has been looking for is called a uh, a holy Gantha. But it's like a bell. It's a
3: bell. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I like when the doctor puts the fur coat on and he's like wearing it. And and, uh, and Victoria's like, you look beautiful. And he, he was like, I thought I might. Like, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's just so smug. I love it. Uh, you know, he's the he's the he's our cosmic hobo. The second doctor. And so, like, you know, he gets to look nice and he's, like, feeling kind of smug about it because he's like, usually I look I I look kind of, uh, you know,
2: schlubby. So I like this. Mm -hmm. I like this nice uh, fur coat. Smugness is an under noted aspect of the doctor. Mm. I think we see a lot of it in six, which we've talked about. Of course. Natch. But you know, the doctor is always kind of like a little, you know, full of himself. Yeah.
3: Not all of them. I don't think nine ever felt smug. Um, ten very rarely felt smug.
0: Nine could be like
3: condescending. Notably in that nineteen fifties episode. That was the one where I was like, Oh boy, oh. this guy, this this guy's smug as hell and I hate it.
1: I think I think they have different flavors of smugness. Mm-hmm. Like they're all smug about like specific things. Mm-hmm yeah that's a good like, I would
3: say nine isn't smug he's like he could be self righteous but I don't know like
2: self righteous condescending know
3: yeah like, he used the word ape a yeah. lot, yeah eleven was smug yeah. all the time though
1: yes, <laughs> I feel like like the the when he's like showing off for rose like you know in um like end of the world where oh. he's just like I'm like showing her this for the first time, and like he's very yeah. pleased with himself. Yeah, nine. That's e- true.
2: Eccleston does a little a nine grin that is so nine. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like I know I'm really smart. I know I'm the best. You know, I mm-hmm. I always
3: it always struck me more as like as like a dad show showing his kid Star Wars for the first time, oh, where, he's yeah. kinda like, <laughs> where he's just kind of like where he's just kind of like pretty cool, right? Like he just <laughs> yeah. like he's got that kind of thing.
2: <laughs> like playing his favorite record for his kids, yeah, <laughs> totally, and then when I think um, of twelve, it's mostly like, "Stop talking, put that down, you don't know what you're doing, yeah, yeah, um, I will say, I think overall,
3: this story would be much better for multiple reasons, but I think it would be much better if there were no monks, just get rid of the monks, oh, just. I I I think you get rid of the monks and you make it like a monastery
2: of yeti. Oh, okay. Well. Yep. Yeah. yep. What? <laughs> and the story's so much better. Like that's like, like beneath a bunch of the, like beneath yeah. the planet of the apes. Like so you yeah, found like a, bunch a bunch of yeti monks. Doc, yeah.
3: Yeah, a bunch of yeti monks and the, I'm I, this is an all-timer
2: if that's <laughs> if that's what happens. Oh
1: my god.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I uh yeah, I think I enjoyed this this story more than both of you, but I still would would love to see that. <laughs> I yeah. like the monks. I like the monks because I was assuming they were just going to be like like especially uh uh Kongson just being like a antagonist, like a baddie, you know? Like just wanting Ugh. to watch the world mm-hmm. burn. But every monk ended up being like and Travers ended up being like more nuanced than I was expecting them to be. And I yeah. liked how it ended with them working to in tandem with the doctor. Yeah. Like, suff out the actual source of, of conflict in the story.
3: Yeah. yeah, but imagine if that was all the same, except they were just Yeti.
2: <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> they were all just Yetis. <laughs> Big cuddle Yeti. That's
1: just the Silurians, though. Uh-huh. Like, you have the really aggro Silurian. Yep,
2: furry Silurians. You have the one that helps to me now. <laughs> 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 That's another thing with the, you know, the one episode that survived episode two, you really get to see how cuddly and, and like, almost like Grimace-like these things were. <laughs> they are very Grimace-like. Oh <laughs>
3: Absolutely. Uh, so um, the
2: doctor goes outside and notices big, scary Bigfoot footprints in the snow. And he's like, yeah. oh my God, the kids can't be out here. Um, James. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jamie, Victoria, <laughs> staying here. Would you consider them kids, Cass? How old? How old are they?
1: I think Victoria is supposed to be a teenager, and I don't remember how old Jamie. I think Jamie's supposed to be like eighteen. So yeah, mm. I guess they are kids.
2: Yeah, that's children. be weird are out that Jamie's like twenty-eight or something, <laughs> right? Um. So, and they're very. I like how um, Jamie and Victoria they kind of trade being impatient in this episode. Well, Mm -hmm. they'll like switch off. Uh, so the doctor goes in search of this monastery so he can finally drop off this bell. And, um, Oh my God. I don't know why,
3: but out of nowhere, this, we were talking about like animated versions of the doctor, you know? And I was just like, what if you did like an animated series that was like, and we've talked about this before where like you do like, Stories with each doctor and their Mm. famous companions or whatever. But what if you did each one in the style of animated series of the time? And what if the second doctor, all of his stories look like Scooby-Doo episodes?
1: That'd be so baller. Oh, my God. (laughs) Because I'm just imagining,
2: like, Jamie, like, walking like Shaggy. Like, just. (laughs) (laughs) What. (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh yeah victoria kind of has more of like a daphne walk like yeah
3: yeah yeah and later you don't know her yet but you will meet her zoe would
2: be a velma for sure yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. yes
2: yeah that's great you know this very much is like a scooby-doo episode like they go mm-hmm. somewhere they split up they do some sleuthing they find things they're not supposed to find
0: mm-hmm
2: uh, the doctor gets to the monastery and no one's there. So he's like, oh, but before he on the way there, he finds the dead body of John and the rifle. And he he picks he picks up John's like rucksack.
3: Right. Because he uh, wants to, like, go to the monastery and be like, the hell's that? What's going on here, guys? <laughs> <laughs> there's a Our dead guy, guy
1: out out there. <laughs> a, yeah. You know, there's a dead guy in your backyard. <laughs> I haven't been,
2: I haven't been to the Himalayas in a while, but I don't think that's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Victoria gets bored. And so she runs outside and Jamie reluctantly follows and, mm-hmm. um, they end up going to, do they go to the, do they go to the, the cave in the, in the first one? Yeah. Yeah. Cause the, cause the yes. cliffhanger is that the Yeti attacks them. Yes. They find all these little spheres, these metal spheres right um oh because like they won't go in at first but then jamie's like he sees timber and he's like oh i thought they were like monsters i can handle a human yeah 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 mm-hmm.
0: yeah
2: um and then <laughs> uh the doctor
3: gets accused of murder by travers yeah based on absolutely nothing well based-
2: he's, he sees the doctor <laughs> holding the rucksack and it's like you stole that from john's dead body didn't you and it's like i i mean yes but that doesn't mean i killed him <laughs>
1: You could have you're just as easily stolen coat.
3: it from his dead body.
1: <laughs> you're wearing a fur coat. I I saw a hairy beast.
2: Yeah,
4: <laughs>
1: you're right. the murderer. I too in
2: the animation thought for a second that the doctor was a monster. Oh. Cause you just see the coat you see that's the coat right. first. Yeah, that's true. And um, then the
3: the monks have a jail cell. Which yeah. I'm like, what kind of monks are these? They have a jail cell? <laughs> Put him in the jail. Um, <laughs> I feel like if I went to uh if I if I went to a monastery and was like show me your jail cell, I think they would look at me like a <laughs> tour guide in, in Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure when he asked for the basement
2: yeah. of the Alamo. The monks don't have a jail cell. <laughs> the monks don't have a jail cell. <laughs> uh and the uh yeah. I like how Travers like, You're after my precious Yetis, aren't you? Well you yeah. Know. You won't have. Wait, which is it? Which one is
3: it? Yeah, well, are you here to murder you and your and your so
2: friend or he, steal the Yeti? He thinks he calls the doctor a paper man, <clears throat> right? Like you're trying to get the scoop. You're trying to get like steal my story. You're trying to photograph the Yetis. Yeah. Um. And then. Uh. Yeah. No. But we do. I. I liked. I don't know. I was a fan of the monk drama. The the really petty interpersonal monk drama. Yeah. Well, that
3: one monk is just like, oh, finally, like, I don't, I, I don't want to, I'm a warrior monk, so
2: I want to kill some. Oh, (laughs) Croissant? dudes. Yeah. (laughs) I want to kill some dudes. I liked, I was so immediately convinced that Croissant was going to be like the main bad guy. Yeah. No, there's like, uh, it,
4: it is a, a slow roll of like,
3: of like hierarchy over the course of the six episodes. Mm-hmm. Where you start there, then you realize there's a boss there, but then there's someone talking to that boss, and then that guy's in a throne, but then he's being talked to by yet another thing. It's just
2: like, mm-hmm. it's each episode we get like a new person in charge.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, the council of monks decide to wait until the word of the abbot, the, the first guy in charge that we meet in this episode, in the story yeah uh but chris song is like no f that i don't trust this guy i think travers is right um Mm -hmm. and then back on the beach as scott mentioned uh jamie and victoria while playing in the cave are befelled upon by a yeti
1: dun 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 uh
2: yeah i mean as far as doctor who cliffhangers go it's never never happened before (laughs) (laughs) that's true that's true The Abominable Snowmen, Part 2 Written by Merv Hazeman and Henry Lincoln Directed by Gerald Blakele Produced by Inez Lloyd Released October 7th, 1967 Jamie causes a mini cave-in, temporarily burying the Yeti in rubble and allowing he and Victoria to escape to the beach. There they encounter Travers, who warn him of the Yeti in the cave and inadvertently clear the doctor of Travers' suspicions. Back at the monastery, the doctor meets a monk named Tomny. Tomny finds the Holy Gantha in the doctor's cell and takes it to the private chambers of Abbot Songsten. Songsten is in communion with the master of the monastery, the Padmasambhava. The other monks tie the doctor to the gates of the monastery to attract the yetis. Travers returns to the monastery with Jamie and Victoria and help free the doctor. Some yetis arrive and Jamie catches one with a net. The doctor deduces that these yetis aren't real yetis at all, but robots, just as a metal sphere begins to roll toward a lifeless yeti robot to activate it. And uh, that brings us to episode two. Uh, Jamie uh, does a pretty cool move. He, like, causes a cave collapse that, like, (laughs) crushes the yeti.
3: Yeah. He's like, don't worry about that thing. It's definitely dead. And then it immediately wakes
4: up. He's like, quick, run! (laughs) (laughs)
1: can we talk about how the yeti have like chicken feet like they have weird it's they're like they look like gritty Mm -hmm. but then they have like weird chicken feet and i don't understand why
2: it's unsettling they kind of look like cryptids
1: (laughs) we're not they are
2: cryptid they're literally cryptids (laughs) that's true but you know like
1: (laughs) (laughs) the one with the cryptids but like
2: yeah, it's like imagine cuz even I I was going to say big bird legs, but I think even big bird's legs are thicker and hardier than these these yeti. Ah, mm-hmm. uh,
4: yeah.
2: It's very funny. And I'm thinking about what weird big bird's legs actually are. Yeah. You know,
4: <laughs> we're just
3: not supposed to we're not su- we're not supposed to understand them. They're cryptids. Right. Big bird? <laughs> I think I yes. think big bird qualifies. Yes sure um I, I think big bird definitely qualifies so does the snuffleupagus
2: oh man uh, if i owned the Muppets, i think it'd be funny to just like send the guy who plays big bird to like <laughs> a park at night and then have people think that, it, <laughs> that it's like a jersey devil or something
1: oh my god
2: <laughs> wow um <laughs> yeah. so uh they they run into oh the so the doctor meets another monk named Tomney who's mm-hmm. one of the one of the more even-headed monks and yeah. uh the monk refers to like why is everyone so uptight around here and it's like well we had we had an attack back in 1630 and the doctor's like yeah i know i was i was yeah. there that's how i got this rad bell yeah
3: it was a long time ago that was like i was like over 200 years ago why are you guys mm-hmm. still so
2: uptight <laughs> Is this, um, is this one of the, this is the most I can remember the doc, uh, a story really playing with the doctor being centuries old. I don't know if that's true, but it feels
4: like, I don't well, know. It's not they, about him to... being old, right? He's just, he just traveled through time.
2: Oh, I, I guess what I meant is like having, having a long stretch of adventures, like having like been weaving in oh. and out of history. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
3: don't know. I'm sure there's probably a, a later first Doctor story that does something similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, I always like these early episodes that play around with stuff like that because you're like, oh, that mm-hmm. was the first time anybody thought of that. Like, you know, like, and now it's just, you take it for granted because it's just a show.
2: So yeah. Right. Like the first Elizabeth, the first joke. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Did that start with RTD or is that did that go into the old show? No, that started with RTD. Okay. Yeah. Uh so uh Chrisong sends a monks to take the doctor away, and when he's gone, he leaves the holy ganja, the holy gantha, and uh the holy ganja. <laughs> <laughs> Episode hey. makes a lot more sense now.
3: Right, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How slow moving everybody is. <laughs> yeah um so he, find, he finds the the holy gantha tomney and he starts like genuflecting and really awkward to not see it oh but we did see it so that was good um mm-hmm. this is the only episode that survived
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh victoria and jamie run into travers on the beach and he's like oh you saw a bigfoot and he's like oh yeah he's over there i'm <laughs> not look that's your problem <laughs> If you want to get killed by a Yeti, that's your business.
3: Yeah.
4: hmm
3: I'll show you where it is, but you got to show me where the monastery is first. like, okay.
2: fine. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of the first hint uh, that I got that Travers wasn't, like, entirely unreasonable. hmm Yeah. Yeah. Because it's also, like...
3: You know, I think he's also instantly realizing that he probably accused somebody of something that they didn't do because he's like, oh, wait, you saw a real Yeti? Oh, my bad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it probably wasn't the guy in the fur coat then. I Whoops. turned like a, a whole monastery of monks against this one guy. Yeah, they're going
3: to chain him mm-hmm. up onto a wall and feed him
2: to the Yeti. <laughs> Or prove that he's in in, in in cahoots with the Yeti. Right.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Real uh,
3: 1666 logic.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some witch hunt shit. Not yeah. the last time the doctor would have to deal with that.
4: Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> A Yeti.
2: <laughs>
4: oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs>
2: obsession with witches over obsessed with yetis is now <laughs> a bigfoot <laughs> god yeah i want it now uh we meet so the 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 <laughs> the, the chain of command that's got referred to um we meet the person on the next rung of that uh, a monk named Padmasambathva. Had mm-hmm. mas um Batha, yeah, mm-hmm. and he has this like really higher register kind of peaceful voice, um and we meet him, and yeah, the doctor is sentenced to being tied to the gates to he, uh,
3: he gets a little kooky throughout this story, and he it makes he sounds like his voice that he's doing, that the actor is doing makes him sound like that like that Dalek that's lost his mind, mm
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> like, i yeah. actually i really like the voice i yeah. like when it gets like whisper threatening yeah um which is like a plot point later i guess yeah. um but i like it it, it it you mentioned like the snowmen earlier and it does remind me of like that aspect of it where you have like ian mckellen being like you know the great intelligence
2: right mm-hmm. it's good
1: with this great ian mckellen voice Definitely.
2: I know I also I was a fan of both voices, and especially the first time you hear the change where mm-hmm. he goes from like the gentle kind of Padmasambhatha voice to the Great Intelligence voice, it was like unsettling. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I actually think the Great Intelligence is scarier and more threatening in this story than he is in the snowmen. Yeah. And I think that's just my my it just reminds me of like I think it's the old fashioned of it all, that kind of house on a haunted hill. How the voice kind of sounds old, and it's black and white, and all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. he he's also just like more mysterious
4: here. Mm-hmm. So right, yeah, yeah.
2: I was surprised that he's used so infrequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the uh, the great intelligence uh convinces the monks to let the doctor go and sends a uh, Tomny out to like carry out his orders. And keeps talking about uh preparations, and we learned that's ultimately uh his plan to get a physical body. Mhm uh so the yetis the yetis arrive, sure enough, and uh Jamie, remembering a trick that he used to catch a Dalek in a previous story uh <laughs> <laughs> they they catch a yeti in a net, and then like the rest of them escape, yeah. But I just uh, okay, so. I, I I like that it's almost like um it's almost like they're
3: saying like these are just as good as Daleks, see mm-hmm. <laughs> using the same techniques to catch catch one uh, see <laughs> who needs Daleks? We've got
4: yeti now, <laughs> 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 they're just as good, about as cut right, right, everybody, <laughs> uh
3: well, they yeah. don't
1: talk in a silly voice. Yeah. yeah, that's the that's the, that's the
3: downfall of them. Yeah, for sure. Um that's the that's definitely the downside is that like like if like imagine if in the snowmen, all of the snowmen who are like if I remember correctly, they are also using like those sphere things, right? That's yes. how they like run around. Mm-hmm. Um imagine like if the snowmen like spoke like Ian McKellen. Like if Ian McKellen could like talk through them. Hello. Like I wish, like, the Yeti were, like, they were, like, all talking as the great intelligence, because, you know, they're being controlled by him or whatever.
4: (laughs) Yetis forward! Yeah. (laughs)
2: That'd That'd be be so cool. That'd be better. And Ian McKellen as the Yetis. Oh,
3: God, yeah. I just imagine, like, (laughs) the version of this where the monastery is full of, like, real Yeti. And they're like, we're being... We're, we're, we're what? Pe- what the hell yeah people there's like these <laughs> robot things and they're like going out and killing people on the mountains and they're blaming us and we didn't do anything we're peaceful you gotta help us <laughs> doctor
4: everybody's gonna think we're monsters oh, man. we're not
1: monsters oh my god
2: uh, we just want to till the earth <laughs> <laughs> that'd be so good I'd love that uh and yeah as as Scott referred to earlier, uh we learned that these metal spheres that Jamie and Victoria found are what like powers the these mechanical yeti, and uh yeah. the, the cliffhanger is we see one like starting to roll towards a yeti to activate, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just like <laughs> Two it's in a row? like a, yeah, it's sort of like a cyber
3: mat um like yeah. Cause just, yes, yeah, just like rolling. And everyone, you're
2: supposed to be like, oh, no, it's rolling by itself. That's a market the Daleks have yet to corner is a cute, smaller version of themselves. Oh, my God. Imagine like a mouse droid Dalek. Like an angry. It's
1: little... over.
4: Yeah. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. I want like, that. It's like a higher register.
4: <laughs> yeah. Just like disintegrating <laughs> people's feet. <laughs> Why did they make these? <laughs> <laughs>
2: the, the it was man. fun. It was <laughs> They're they, so cute. If they have them, we want them. <laughs> 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 That'd be great if like the Cyber the Cybermen and the Dalek had like a keeping up with the Joneses kind of relationship. Yeah. Why should they have <laughs> all
3: the fun? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my God.
2: The Abominable Snowmen Part 3, written by Merv Hazeman and Henry Lincoln, directed by Gerald Blackall, produced by Inez Lloyd, released October 14th, 1967. Travers goes back into the mountains, worried for the state of the real yetis being threatened by these new, dangerous robot yetis. While searching, he discovers that the robots are being controlled by a chess set belonging to the Padmasambhava. Back at the monastery, the Doctor and Jamie leave to go back to the TARDIS. The Metal Sphere from Episode 2 continues to roll closer and closer toward the robot Yeti, activating it just in time to menace Victoria and Tomni. And that's uh, that's kind of it. The monks argue about how to deal with the Yeti problem. Hmm? Uh, Travers, this is this is kind of adorable moment where Travers becomes worried about the real Yetis. Yeah, because they they find out that these are metal Yetis, and they're like, oh well, what if they're hurting my real Yetis that I I need to find and hunt? Right.
4: <laughs> uh, oh my gosh!
2: Help me out. Do does he say that he's trying to hunt them or just like discover them?
1: Uh, I think he's trying them. to like like white people discover them because yeah, like the like, monastery knows about them. right. <laughs> right. Just like yeah. just like uh Sir Lionel
3: Frost, he just wants like proof cuz he mentions his club wouldn't uh wouldn't uh, fund his exp- expedition cuz they're like they all think he's crazy.
4: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: and he's like I'm I'll show them I'm not crazy. Yeti are real. And uh and as history has taught us, um Travers is uh, not somebody who's remembered through history, so I don't think he ever proved that the Yeti were real. <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> Didn't really work
3: out for him, unfortunately.
2: So his goal is, like, you know, a black and white photo of him standing next to, like, the pelt of a Yeti. Or a Yeti. Like, just or a like, live Yeti. Holding hands. Just like
3: Yeah, just like, you know, arms around each other. Right.
2: With the awkward distance, shoulder distance.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Great. Yeah, they got to leave room for Jesus.
4: Yeah, room. <laughs> 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 the Yeti's doing cover hands. Yeah.
2: Uh so the uh yeah, we we uh the oh the doctor and Jamie learned that like the metal spheres are controlling the the Yeti.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so that uh, the doctor oh the doctor finds out that he like put one down by a Buddha statue so they start like trying to look for it.
4: Mhm.
2: Uh some of the people, some of the monks think that Travers is the one controlling the Yeti. Right. Kind of turns this into is... like a uh, who done it for a little bit. Yeah,
4: yeah, a little bit. Um this is Who's
2: the episode
3: con- that also introduces the Yeti chessboard, which right. I'm a
2: fan of. Yes. <laughs> I like that. And that was Podmas Baba that was controlling the Yeti chessboard, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, when we finally
3: get a wide shot of him later, um, it's, like, right in front of him.
2: Right. The chessboard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, This is the episode where Cressong and Doctor kind of form, like, a like a unsteady alliance. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That was a cool turn, because it was like, yeah, I mean, normally that kind of character, <laughs> the, like, one aggro dude in a council full of leaders. Mm-hmm. He's normally there's like you know eighty Doctor Who stories with that character, and right right seeing him turn out to not be a total tool was was fun that was good um and this whole time the sphere is like inching closer and closer to its yeti right. that it's looking for mm-hmm.
3: the one that the one that um Jamie captured with the with the Dalek trap,
2: yes yeah uh. Vic- <laughs> Victoria tries to get into the the, the, the room with Padmasambhava, but isn't allowed in. Mm-hmm. Uh, she meets Tomny. She has zero respect for their beliefs.
4: Right?
3: Yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah, you are from the 17th century, aren't you? Because <laughs> she's just like a real asshole about it. She's like, why can't I? I should be allowed to go anywhere I want. And he's like, no, that's not how this works.
2: You are a guest here. Go back. Go away. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: (laughs) Uh, Jamie and the doctor go back to the (laughs) go back to the TARDIS. Like, it's a car. I really I don't know that that delighted me. (laughs) I left something. Let's go. Let's go, Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Victoria spends some time with the monks and uh, the episode ends with uh, a Yeti uh, menacing Victoria and approaching her and getting closer. Yeah, the sphere enters the dead yeti that, that he captured and then yeah. wakes up. Like, Have you ever said that sentence before in your life? No.
1: Never. <laughs> I was gonna say Dead Yeti was the name of my band in college. Oh man.
2: <laughs> we are Dead Yeti.
3: <laughs> the Abominable Snowmen Part Four. Written by Mervyn Hasman and Henry Lincoln, directed by Gerald Blake, produced by Ennis Lloyd, air date twenty-first of October. 1967. The awakened Yeti fights its way out of Det Sen and returns to the cave where it meets Abbot Songston. Songston places the pyramid in the center of the cave that Jamie was in earlier. It begins to glow. Travers watches as the abbot leaves and enters the caves himself, where the glowing pyramid begins to release a noise that causes him such distress he runs from the cave. When the Doctor and Jamie reach the TARDIS, they find it guarded by another Yeti, but soon discover it is inactive. The Doctor takes out its control sphere for examination, but it begins to move of its own free will. The Doctor speculates that the spheres are programmed to return to their own Yetis. The signal restarts inside the sphere, but this time it is a call to the other Yetis. Soon, the Doctor and Jamie are surrounded by Yeti. To distract them, the Doctor and Jamie roll the sphere for the Yeti to follow and then quickly run away in the opposite direction. Songston informs Padma Sambhava that their plan is working. The old master says the great intelligence is already taking on corporeal form. To prepare for the next phase, he orders all monks to leave the monastery. Victoria and Tanmi are imprisoned for supposedly reviving the creature on purpose, in prison, Tanmi asks Victoria how the doctor came by the bell. Victoria is unsure and asks for its history. Tanmi explains it was given to a stranger 300 years ago for safekeeping. Victoria explains that that stranger was probably the doctor himself because he is a time traveler. A monk then brings food to Victoria and Tanmi. Victoria fakes being poisoned, and when the monks run out for medical assistance, she quickly escapes. Chris Song is informed that Victoria has escaped and must be found. At this point, the doctor, Jamie, and Travers all return and are quickly imprisoned. Realizing the monks will not leave peacefully, Songston is given orders by Padmasambhava to open the gates of the monastery to more Yeti, while Victoria has stumbled upon the inner sanctum of the monastery and meets Padmasambhava in person. That brings us to episode four, which does introduce us to the great intelligence. This mm-hmm. one. Um, this is mm-hmm. where we like get the, get, I guess the name, the great intelligence,
4: mm-hmm.
3: um, that happens in this one. Uh, and then we, the Abbot like he starts like leaving, like, and like hanging out with the, the Yeti robots and like doing, doing stuff
4: mm. <laughs> in this one.
3: Um, cause Travers sees it and he's like, there's something going on.
4: There's something up with this Abbott guy. Yeah, look at his hat.
2: <laughs> uh, the uh, the part where uh, the doctor and Jamie finally get to the uh, to the TARDIS and there is like a yeti blocking the door of the TARDIS. Yeah, but he's off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, the doctor notices that, and there's this part where Jamie's like, "Oh, what's your plan, doctor? Like, what are we gonna do?" And he's like, "I'm gonna hit it with this rock." and Jamie's like don't doctor and the doctor's like Jamie I am (laughs) and then like just chucks a rock at the Yeti and when it doesn't move he's like yeah look see like you know it doesn't
4: work yeah
1: Is this episode um, the one where Jamie asks the doctor, like, how did you know it was going to work? And the doctor's like, well, actually, I didn't know it was going to work, but I'm glad yeah. it did. Yeah. I love that energy for Trout <laughs> Yeah.
2: that's no, it's great. Uh, <laughs> Travers is off doing his own thing, and he finds uh, a pyramid in the ground that starts to expand, and it trips him out.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... So what? Okay, so so this is this is one of those episodes
3: where I struggled with the reconstruction of like figuring out what was happening because like there's mm-hmm. that scene where Victoria is talking to Tomney and they give her water and she's like that tasted weird and then she freaks out and like collapses but then immediately gets up and like oh, I I was just very pretended- confused about what was going on.
1: She was pretending to be poisoned. So that okay. like their guard would leave, and then she'd be like, "Psych!" And then she like locks him in the cell because she uh, wants to go explore.
3: Oh, sorry, Tommy, I have to go in that yeah. room. You won't let me go
4: in.
1: <laughs> right? Don't you
4: understand? I'm white. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I wasn't poisoned by your water. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I like how they like prank the robot by like putting a, putting like a like a like a rock in it. <laughs> Yeah. Mhm. Uh Chris Song is angry that <laughs> Tomney was tricked by Victoria. And uh they're imprisoned together. Yeah, and they
1: start they start blaming her for the yeti being evil, right? Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mhm. In in typical witch hunter fashion.
1: Yes, uh, that devil woman.
2: <laughs> yeah, that devil woman. Uh and then uh, a signal has restarted and the spears start to like activate and call to the other yeti's. Mm-hmm. Uh made a great noise. Mm-hmm. Uh the doctor and Tommy have a uh have like a conversation where they talk about the uh, the attack on the attack 300 years ago and the bell and all that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And um there's a part where like he she explains like the doctor's like ability to travel like through the centuries and he's like, "Oh yeah, no, I'm not surprised." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Monks yeah. can do that. <laughs> this is the section of the,
3: of the, this back half of this is like, this is where I was hurting,
2: where I'm just like, I'm hurting be now. Epi- this should I'm, yeah, I'm, this I'm should hurting before- now trying to, trying to just recap all of it. I'm literally just yeah. reading the, the Episode
1: Wiki. four, ep- episode four is like the most boring one.
2: Oh, yeah. I think episode five feel is like- more boring, but. I, oh really?
1: Yeah, I like but I the think they're weird both that st- stuff both with the three hundred year old man. But <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: it really feels like uh, four, five, and six are extremely padded out um, mm-hmm. to uh, turn into a six part episode. But like, like you could easily see a much better story out of a four part yes. episode of this. Mm.
1: There are there are a lot of, unfortunately, there are a lot of, like, classic Who stories like that, that I, like, there are very few that I feel warrant the six parts, because, yeah. like, I, and I understand they did it for, like, budget reasons, but, like, yeah. this yeah, I don't know.
4: Yeah. I don't
3: know. Throw throw a few bottle episodes in there or something, guys. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> well, um, like, I mean, like, they did that early on with the Hartnell stuff, mm-hmm. um and I wish they'd, like, kept doing that, because... I like that stuff, but
3: right. Um, And then this episode ends with the with uh, the throne dude. um, Well, the uh,
2: the Padmasambhava tells all the monks that they have to leave the monastery. Right. That that that's the next step of their plan of of the great intelligence plan. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Not much of a cliffhanger that one. Um, It's a character meeting a character that she hasn't met yet. Right.
3: The Abominable Snowmen Part 5 Written by Mervyn Haseman and Henry Lincoln Directed by Gerald Blake Produced by Ennis Lloyd Airdate 28th of October 1967 Victoria realizes the ancient man manipulating the small yeti figures is ordering the robots around the countryside. He wipes her mind of their meeting and summons more yeti to attack. One of the monks is killed when a giant Buddha statue falls onto him. Padmasambhava is distraught by the death of the monk, having only wanted to scare the monks away. He sends Victoria as his emissary, and she enters the courtyard and speaks with the voice of Padmasambhava to urge the other monks to leave and not to blame the strangers who are innocent of any evil. Orders are given to free the doctor and his friends. The doctor, Jamie, and Victoria are reunited, but she is still in a trance. The only time she responds is to the doctor's voice when she begs to leave the monastery. Kami believes she must have gone to the Inner Sanctum and met Padmasambhava after she suggested that he and the doctor knew each other. She was right, and the doctor leaves to confront his old friend. In the Inner Sanctum, Padmasambhava says he encountered the formless great intelligence on the astral plane and the entity borrowed his form to conduct an experiment, which he was told was harmless but is now out of control. Suddenly, Padmasambhava slumps forward, seemingly dead. The doctor leaves and returns to his friends, but seconds later, the body of Padmasambhava rises back up. When the doctor returns, he helps Victoria recover from her trance-like state by counter-hypnotizing her, causing her to forget everything that has happened since she escaped her cell. Travers and the doctor venture outside to try and find the Yeti and triangulate the signal that is controlling them. The doctor is stunned when he gets the readings and rushes back to tell Croissant that the signal is coming from inside the monastery. Croissant leaves to tell the abbot, when Travers suddenly remembers Songston placing the pyramid in the cave. Inside the cave, the physical manifestation of the intelligence is growing stronger. And then number five, I literally... I can't tell you what happens in it. I was so baffled by this one. Um, I know that Victoria gets in a trance at one mm-hmm. point, and there's this like kind of creepy scene where she keeps... Like kind of a Moffity scene where she keeps like repeating this one, like very Moffity,
0: mm-hmm.
3: yeah, one thing because she's like, "We have to get out of here, Doctor. You have to take me back to the TARDIS." And like in that mm-hmm. exact same like tone of voice. And she every time he walks into the room, she repeats oh, it,
2: and she ignores Jamie. She can't yeah. see or respond yeah. to Jamie.
3: Right. He like breaks a chair next to her, and she like doesn't respond to it. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: No, does me. <laughs> <laughs> witness me i'm here i'm a person <laughs>
4: yeah
2: uh oh. travers returns from seeing the pyramid and he's like delirious and speaking in tongues and none of the monks mm-hmm. or the doctor is able to like figure out like what's wrong with him yeah uh the, the 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 blame game the blame light now shines on croissant in part five yes and now they think croissant is the one behind all of this um the Yeti. Yeah. Uh, the Yeti once again approach. Uh, this time, a monk, Renchen, is killed by a Yeti.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, bludgeoned with a Buddha statue. Uh, what a way to go.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Doctor and Jamie try to. <laughs> Doctor and the Jamie? Uh, <laughs> try to uh, triangulate the signal controlling the Yeti. Uh, mm-hmm. And this kind of like fixes Travers. Mm hmm. Uh so yeah they they finally reunite like the whole gang reunites we learn about Victoria's state So what is the pyramid mm-hmm. I think it's the eddies
1: I think it's supposed to I think it's supposed to be like um cuz there's two pyramids there's the yeah. one that uh the abbot puts in the cave and then there's the one in episode 6 Yeah That blows up spoilers I guess Um so I think it's like the great intelligence is using it as like um uh like a magnifying thing to like kind of make a body or something. Cause like, he's like lost in space or something and he's trying to like manifest physical forms. So I think he's using these two. I don't know. It's a lot of techno babble stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like
2: that's how, that's how he, they found each other is, is as as, as Pama was like meditating and kind of leaving his, this plane and then came, came upon the great intelligence and the great intelligence started like feeding off of him. Okay. Mm hmm. And then the
4: ooze.
1: The ooze, I think, is supposed to be like the Great Intelligence's like form, like the thing that's taking over the mountain. Oh, Mm -hmm.
3: like primordial ooze, basically. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Because
2: that's eventually because he wants
1: the cave. Yeah, and then he he wants the whole mountain. That's why the monks are supposed to leave the monastery.
2: Okay, that's like
1: that wasn't part of the
2: deal, Great Intelligence. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: I really struggled with the reconstruction of this.
2: I think mm-hmm. I just, I needed more visuals to, like, comprehend what I was mm-hmm. watching. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Travers and the doctor go to triangulate the signal um, to, like, try and, like, deactivate the yetis. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris Song is preparing the monks to finally leave when they, uh, they learn about, like, the truth of, like, oh, the, the call is coming from inside the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The signal is coming from the monastery, and then that that ooze starts to bubble and form the you know the physical form of the great intelligence, and that right. that was uh, part five's cliffhanger.
3: The abominable snowmen, part six, written by Mervyn Hasman and Henry Lincoln, directed by Gerald Blake, produced by Ennis Lloyd, airdate fourth of November, nineteen sixty seven. After learning of Songston's involvement with the yeti. The Doctor is concerned as Krasong is currently, with the Abbot. In the Inner Sanctum, Songsten has submitted to the Great Intelligence when Krasong arrives. Songsten disarms Krasong and kills him. The Doctor and his friends arrive and overpower Songsten, returning him to the other monks. Upon learning of Krasong's death at the hands of Songsten, the monks want to kill Songsten. But the Doctor convinces them that both Songsten and Padmasambhava are being controlled by the Great Intelligence. He convinces the other monks to leave the monastery, while he keeps Jamie, Victoria, and Tanmi at his side to defeat the intelligence. The doctor plans to destroy the intelligence's equipment to control the robotic yeti. Songson says the control unit is behind Padmasambhava's throne. As Padmasambhava moves the yeti to attack the monastery gate, the doctor and his companions return to the inner sanctum. The Doctor demands to know why the Great Intelligence has seized his old friend's body in an attempt to create an opening for Jamie and Tanmi to enter the control room. It works, and Jamie finds a pyramid like the one in the cave and destroys it. The Great Intelligence is furious at its defeat as a huge tremor rumbles through the monastery. The mountaintop explodes. Padmasambhava begins to disintegrate. His final words are to the Doctor, thanking his old friend for setting him free. With everything back to normal, the monks return to the monastery. Travers sees a real yeti and is ecstatic, running off in pursuit. The doctor, Jamie, and Victoria head back to the TARDIS, hoping to find somewhere warmer on their next trip. And then six is where we get, like, that's where we get, like, the really creepy voice. Yeah. Um,
4: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
3: Really (laughs) off-putting. In, like, a cool way. But yeah. Definitely. Mm Um, they find that console room in this one, which is like, it's like also, there's also like a series of rooms. It's not just like a hierarchy, but it's also like each boss's office leads to the next uh, higher boss's office. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And so like, they eventually find the great intelligence office, which is like a console room. And then Jamie's like, when in doubt, smash it.
4: (laughs) And then they just start. (laughs) Mm -hmm
2: wrecking house in there, yeah, <laughs> uh Chris song is killed by okay. songsten the the monk drama finally boils over into violence, mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. the monks are about to revenge kill songsten but the doctor stops them, yeah, and then like the, the truth comes to light about the great intelligence, um they go back to the uh through the room where. The uh, the the Padmasambhava is, and mm-hmm. it turns out Padmasambhava kn- knew the doctor that they were both alive during the attack three hundred years ago. Yeah, they're they're like buddies.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, old friends. So
1: is he? I had I actually had a question about this, and I don't know if either of you two know the answer, but <laughs> is is he is he supposed to still be alive, or is he like an animated corpse, like?
2: I get the feeling it was the second because I think as soon as the great intelligence left him, the body kind of like doubled over and like deflated. Yeah, yeah.
3: I, 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 yeah, I feel like it was inauthentically like keeping him alive,
4: basically. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because the uh the facial prosthetic does not look good. Um, no, in the like still <laughs> yeah. pictures.
2: They yeah. granted him unnatural long life.
4: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And
4: uh that
0: makes sense.
2: And it, Yeah. And there's a sad moment where, you know, when that happens when they finally when they defeat the great intelligence, the doctor's like, Oh, goodbye, old friend.
3: Yeah. That was sad. Um, but hey, Travers finds a real Yeti, so that's fun. Good for him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just when all hope was lost.
3: Yeah. Yeah, they said in the behind the scenes thing that the way that they made the real Yeti was that they just took all the stuffing out of the other Yetis. And just like had a person wearing it. So like there was like oh there was God. like no extra extra padding. There was just like a dude wearing like the skin. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, Yeah, that that works. That's that's what the real Yeti looks like. It's more athletic
2: than the the
4: grimaces.
0: Amazing. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and uh, we end with the, our trio returning to the TARDIS. <laughs> Jamie's like, "Hey, Doctor, how about next time we go somewhere warmer?" And Doctor's like, "Jamie, uh, <laughs> boom zoom to the moon. <laughs> One, of, <laughs> One of these days, Jamie." And then he
3: pulls out his recorder and and <laughs> 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 yeah, leads <laughs> them away. What was he playing in his jail cell? Was it, it was like three blind mice or something? Like it was like
1: it was like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star or something yeah, like that. Like
2: it, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Oh man. Thirteen could have used a recorder. Yeah,
4: I guess he had a guitar. Twelve. Oh oh
2: oh oh. Thirteen. Yeah, thirteen, 13 with a recorder. Eleven seems record has recorder energy because it's annoying. Yeah.
3: I feel like yeah, 11 more because the <laughs> are hella annoying. Um I feel like I feel like I don't know. No, you know what 11 could have had was like a mouth harp. <laughs> One of those guys. I, I don't to say a mouth kazoo, harp is. but Oh wow. yeah, like mouth harp, it's like this thing you put in your mouth and there's like this flicky oh, wow, clicky wow, thing. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Yeah, wow 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 wow. wow, wow, wow. <laughs> like that that's <laughs> I feel like that's what he would be into. It's
2: barely an instrument.
3: Yeah, I knew a guy in high school that played that. Wow. Um, and he brought it everywhere with him. And like between classes, you would just hear in the distance someone playing a mouth harp.
2: You're like, oh, there goes Jeremy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there goes
2: near. Mouth Harp Kid. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's so funny.
2: Yeah. Boba Fett has his spurs. <laughs> Jeremy had a mouth harp. <laughs> Jeremy had a mouth harp. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Jeremy mouth harped. <laughs> I yeah it's it's difficult to recap obviously but I don't know there was enough moving pieces in this that I wasn't entirely disengaged watching it I I think because I know that the next Yeti episode is way
3: better than this one
1: yeah like slaps yeah
3: yeah it absolutely slaps um, that, is it, I think it's, it's, it's hurting my rewatch of this one.
2: Are they canonically the Yeti that we meet in this episode, or is it kind of a different, a, a reset reboot of, of Yeti mythos? Um, no, it's the same ones. Cause it's the great, great. intelligence again. Great. This is web of yeah. fear. Yes. Web of fear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all the great intelligence stuff really worked for me. And I thought he was like a really creepy menacing presence throughout.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, though I I, I will um... say, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Cass.
1: Oh, I was I was gonna say like I like aspects of this because I like how like weird pulpy sci-fi it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I could do without like the yellow face and the yeah orientalism and
2: that makes it rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to remember because we've had the they we've had the Aztecs,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, we've had Marco Polo, mm-hmm. and we've had this now. That, that's just what I can remember off the top of my head, and I'm trying to remember if this is, like, if they're all kind of in the same ballpark of of the issues that, you know, that you mentioned, gas, or if, like, one had more, like, research or care put into them.
1: I think, because um, I actually really like Marco Polo, um, mm-hmm. and there are, like, other ones that are really good but also like suffer from like ooh, this is like really racist um yeah like the talons of wang chiang um did we watch the one where the master was that weird guy is that time flight did we watch that one yeah that one was that one's also really bad (laughs) yeah um (laughs) i don't know bbc loves yellow face i guess
4: Mm
3: yeah yeah um our next couple of, uh, se- like, our next, like, few Second Doctor stories are all kind of, you know, classics to bangers. Because um, we have, like, Ice Warriors next. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, which introduces <laughs> Ice Warriors. And then after that, we have Enemy of the World, which I don't want you to know anything about, Nick, before we do it. Because it is going, you are, it is, you're gonna, your mind is gonna be blown watching Enemy <laughs> of the World. Right. Um, you're gonna love this episode.
2: I've been thinking about it for years. <laughs> you watching Enemy of the World? Oh man, um, <laughs> is it gonna be like that one crazy <laughs> opening shot in Trial of a Time Lord? <laughs> uh,
3: no, no, okay. no, no. It's 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 more involved than that. Um, okay, you're you're you're. Oh my God, you're gonna love that episode. And then it's Web of Fear. Um, so nice. Ne- next three, next three Troutons are real, real good. Uh, I'm I'm really excited about those. Uh, uh-huh. and then we, and then we'll, uh, lose Victoria and, and gain, uh, Zoe, um, shortly thereafter. So, uh, yeah, but Jamie God, stays. I love Zoe can't wait for Zoe. Yeah. Joey's Jamie stays all the way to the end, but the best combo mm-hmm. is Jamie Zoe and two. It's so good.
2: Yeah, unfortunately Jamie and Victoria, you know, whenever we have solo scenes with them like on the beach and stuff. I don't know, they don't have they don't have a lot of chemistry, I find.
3: I it's I don't think it's it's that they don't have any like there's no conflict between them because they kind of come from the same like relatively same time period. Right? Yeah. Zoe Zoe's from the future, so she has no time for Jamie's like misogynist mm-hmm. bullshit. <laughs>
4: and she's just
3: and like she's
1: even like she's even tinier than victoria is like she's she's tiny and she just yeah. gives him a bunch of crap and it's the best
3: it's so good um whereas victoria is like yes please save me mr Strongman. um and it's like not as fun it's it's, it's just not as fun
1: i think revisiting these i like victoria more um yeah because like she does have like moments where she's just like, no, I want to, I want to like go explore and stuff. But yeah, there's she's like, I don't know, she suffers from like Susan syndrome. She you know? does. Like they don't. A lot of the early companions give her anything to do. Though. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who do
2: you, do you think Sarah Jane is? Kind of who breaks the 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 mold and kind of creates a new like kind of paradigm like post for, for female
3: companions. Sure. Um,
4: With- I would say. Z- yeah. Mm-hmm. Liz, and Zoe.
3: I would say Zoe is the start of it. Honestly, I think Zoe cool. is the closest we get. Zoe, like the Zoe, Jamie combo is the closest we get to like a modern who companion set. Mm-hmm. Um, And then I think it's, it's, you know, pretty, that's like kind of the mold that they use for the rest of the, of the show at that point, I think. Cause mm-hmm. they finally figure out like, Oh, we can't just like, shove anybody in here like they have to have a specific kind of personality to like work as a mm-hmm. companion and then i think at that point it's like the companion bec starts to become as exciting and iconic as the doctors that they are assisting um mm-hmm. i think like they that's around math when, yeah that's around when they get the most important i like oh, okay. like they like they get as important is 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 with as soon as Zoe shows up. You're like, oh, okay. This is,
4: this is the shit. This is the jam. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, all right. But what's next week?
3: Next week is the Third Doctor and the Demons.
2: Ooh. Yeah, the Demons. The Demons or the <laughs> Demons? The <laughs> diamonds
3: uh, okay. they they say Demons in the episode, they say but like it's yeah, but it's spelled like. That, oh, that like weird, compass? like, yeah, the weird, like, AE thing.
2: Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I say diamonds.
3: yeah, yeah. So, I, I like to say the diamonds, um, uh, because it's more <laughs> dramatic and fun to say. Uh, I but agree. yeah, it's, um, what if the master was a cult leader? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You oh, bet really? your ass it is.
2: Is the doctor going to be the karate <laughs> chopping cult members? Like the opening boys, yeah, too? Oh, great. Oh, you betcha. Yeah. It's good shit. <laughs> There's only one way to get out of a cult situation like this. Bridget <laughs> Brigadier. <laughs> Hi, Guns.
4: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man.
3: Yeah. yeah. It's good stuff. Um, well, so that. That's next week. Uh,
2: Yeah. Excited to talk about that one. Mm -hmm. Always a treat talking to Doctor Who with you guys. Mm -hmm. Talking to Doctor Who with you guys. What am I saying? This. (laughs) (laughs) Who
3: knows? (laughs) Uh, Anyway. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, If you want more doctor who uh ddc content um we're trying to figure out i think we've we've talked about doing uh more of those like bracket things for um the patreon so that's uh dot slash support uh if some of you uh join up and are like hey i'm here for tdc stuff where is it we'll be like oh okay yes sir and or madam <laughs> um <laughs> and then we'll we'll make it for you um but yeah, so that's com slash support. Check out our merch store at DuallyGenre.com slash merch. Um, all that good stuff. And uh, we'll be back next week with the Diamonds. <laughs>
0: right. Bye. 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 Bye.